Next up on the Mutual Audio Network, fiction from our future. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Report 4 from the Ranger Venus mission. Compiled from personal black box tapes, tridemans, and voice prints. Earth was in peril from famine, and the Ranger mission had been sent to discover possible farming sites on Venus. The planet would have been perfect, except that a race of reptilian cruelty, the Treens, was ranged against a race of gentle and thoughtful people, the Therons. I had volunteered to rescue three of my crew. Disguised as a blue Atlantine, slave of the Treens, I had ventured into the Atlantean reservation. Chargas! 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 Dan Dare, pilot of the future. Dramatized for radio in four parts by Nick McCarty. Part four... Battle Stations. The Atlanteans raised their arms in salute. One of them returned to me my wig with the built-in translator, which I had to wear to understand their speech. Stranger, forgive us. You are welcome here. We have things to show you, things to explain. Come. We went into a long and old stone building. You see here an ancient hero, dead many centuries. A forgotten art was practiced then to preserve the body. Standing in a dark alcove stood a man of about six foot, dressed in loincloth, carrying a spear, and only the palest of pale blue. He lived and died a free man. The trains never caught him, and our legends promise that one day he will return to lead us to freedom. There is one thing that marks him out from us. His forehead has no bulge, like mine. Kargaz was his name, and you carry it now as well. He was old Earthstock, as you must be. I am. Tell me no more. For us, you are Kargaz. You will help us win our freedom. And you can help me release my friends who are prisoners of the Mekon. We will try. The trains are coming! They round us up like animals. Make us fight people we have no fight with. It struck me that joining the Treen's army might speed up my getting to Meconta. Meanwhile, in the Mekon's audience chamber... Remove the shield over the flame belt. Yes, Omicron. Save reconnaissance planes over Theron land. Yes, Omicron. Make the reflexor spacecraft ready for takeoff. Prepare for war. Treen stormtroopers marched us Atlanteans to the nearest police post, and from there we were herded into electro centers. They transported us to Meconta. We were taken to the barracks to be kitted out. An old sergeant major spotted me when I was first ready and waiting. Hello, hello, hello. Who's this then? You there? Stand up when I talk to you, you horrible little man. You know who I am. I am the cohort depot in chief. And you, you horrible little... I know a reservation lad when I see one, and you are not one of them. Who are you? I had no option. I briefly lifted the front of my helmet. What? Well, I'm... Cargash. Will you help me? 
to the last drop of my blood. I've prayed all my life that you turn up. Just give your orders. Meanwhile, in the Mekon's audience chamber... We have observed you Earthmen to be stronger than we thought. Oh, Ek. I'd love one of Auntie Anastasia's aspirins now. We have found a way to defeat your planet without giving ourselves too much trouble. You are mistaken, sir. Humans are emotional to the point of weakness. We have ways of playing on that. You will help us. We will not. Never. I think you will. Count me out, you stinking old toad. Hear me. I, the greatest, the all-seeing and all-wise, know how to defeat these zeros. We will send a ship to Earth with pictures of the prisoners. As if injured on landing, but now being looked after. They will make a recording telling their fellow men how good and kind we have been. We will promise those fools on Earth food. But first we will tell them we have to build a transfer station on the moon. And then we will have our telezeros installed. And the Earth, with its great magnetic fields, its minerals and its industries, will be ours to pluck. Its population, our slaves, we will rule the universe. You're barmy. You will pose for some pictures, record your messages, and then you will be spared to work in the mines at our North Pole. I can smell rats at you, but close by. Green, nasty, and putrid. Words, Digby, do not hurt me. Now, we will put Miss Peabody into the gas chamber. What, eh? And you may watch her slow and excruciating death on the telescan. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. You swine! Hold on a minute, sir. A, a message you said to home? Yes, I want to tell Auntie Anastasia how much I miss her. Digby, I order you not to give it. We don't have a chance, Sir Hubert. And Miss Peabody might be gassed. Then he winked at me, old Dig. Something was going through his mind. I wasn't sure if I could handle it or not. Sir Hubert refused to talk to me. In his eyes, I was a traitor. And I could hardly explain there and then what I was trying to do. Meanwhile, unbeknown to us... Left! 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 Halt! Position of first degree! Move! Good! Good! The Dapon in chief was a typical sergeant major on the face of it. Curling moustaches, blue face almost purple in parts, the bulging forehead of the true Atlantean Venusian. His priestly forefathers had taught him English. I did my best. While the old boy drilled me, his son checked the whereabouts of Sir Hubert, Digby, and Miss Peabody. Position number left! Good! We'll make a soldier of you yet! Father, I've found the Earth prisoners. They're done for, I'm afraid. Having heard what his son had to say, the old boy charged across the parade ground and assembled his men. On the double! I will call you Dan, your Earth name. The dreams will have you locked up double quick if they hear the name Gargas. Now, if they take your people to the pole, as my son says they will, they'll never be got out of the mines, never. But the trains will want an escort for them. Eh? Now, fact one. You have recorded the message for your Earth parents? Not my parents, Mekon. Me auntie. I, I, I've got it written down here. Let me see. 
I've done what I was asked. I told them that the others were not yet well enough to send a message. That they were being well cared for. I, I, I did everything you wanted. Yes, yes, I can see you have. I like the intimate touches. Enjoyed the day out in where? Uh, sunny mouth. Seaside place. Yes, yes. Add his message to the photographs. Yes, Omika. Commander, First Army, you are ready? Yes, Omicron. As soon as I land on Earth with the messages, I will report back by teleview. Good. Bring in the prisoners and prepare special escort for them. The others came in from their cell. No one spoke to me. It seemed as if they hated me. You have been saved by the actions of your black friend here. You will not die. Digby, how could you? We have no wish to betray our Earth. You will be sent under guard to the North Polar Mines and live a few miserable years there. Never let it be said that the Mekon does not keep his word. Special escort reporting for duty, Omicon. Take these away. Standing right beside me was a tall, blue-faced man I could have sworn I knew. Then he winked at me. Damn! Colonel, sir! Escort, take them. We're not moving. Very well. You have disobeyed the Mekon. That is enough. I'll waste no more time. Kill them! I flicked the safety catch off the weapon I carried. Ready, Bluebirds? Now! <laughs> I blasted the floating platform from under the big-headed Mekon. He fell to the ground and hadn't the strength to get up. I grabbed him and put my gun to his head. One move! One move and I'll kill him! Oh, 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 Run out, train guard! Lock him up! In that room at the end, if it is secure! No time for explanations! You know the way around this insect's fun palace. Get us out of here, quick! This way! We ran out of the chamber and along a steel-lined corridor. No one tried to stop us. Nothing moved. We turned a corner and then... Door 77A closed. Monitor them. They have the Mekon. The next Mekon is still a pupa. We cannot let him die. It will take 50 thanets before our next Mekon is prepared. Isolate them at the top of the building. Televiewers on all corridors. Go right, Dan. And up the stairs. We, we can't go up much, much further, Dan. Wait, Dan, hold on. Well, there's only this gallery. Hey, look at that. Hey, hey, just a thing for an escape party. Flying chairs, a ferry bicycle park. Can you work those things, Dayborn? Thought control, too powerful. The Mekong could if he woke up, but he'd direct us straight to the nearest lockup. Can you fly these bikes, Sonda? I will do my best. Well, no one will dare attack us while I have the Mekong under my arm. Come on! Oh, 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 oh. Concentrate. These work on powerful thought waves. I need help to deal with all these spikes. Are you ready? Yes, yes, yes. Remember, Dan, keep the Mekon asleep, or his thought power will shatter my grip on the machines. We set off from the bike park out over the city of Maconton. Cause you look sweet, sat on a seat of a bicycle, they but do. Me, what have you got to sing about? You betrayed us. Me, miss, you better look in a following wind. If they do deliver those messages, my auntie is going to smell a rat. You'll see. Hey! 
They were coming at us mob-handed. A complete battle squadron. Cease this foolishness. You are surrounded you fly away, sunshine. If you don't give us a clear sky, I'll snap this Wonder Boy's neck over my knee. It worked, Dan. They're sharing off. Sondar was magnificent. He managed to hold us on course to the space station and the waiting rocket ship. No one gave us any trouble there once I held up their Mekon by the scruff of his chicken neck. It was easy and like a fool. I lost the advantage because it had all been too simple. Hey, Mekon had been waiting his chance. He flew the bike away from the space station and the rocket ship on the launch pad and out over the purple lake with me still on it. No way could I override his massive brain power. You see, Colonel Dare, too, can play the hostage game. I can swing you off, you little pipsqueak. Do that and the bike will deliver you where I have reset it to go. My guards will kill you so exquisitely and your friends will die, too. They could take the rocket. They won't. They are humans, so loyal, pathetically sentimental. They will try to rescue you. I have a small surprise for you, Mekon, a present from the Theorons. A demagnetizer. Can you swim? You think I have time for foolish sports? Too bad. I press the button on this and the bike will fall out of the sky and into the lake. It destroys the magnetic field. What's your brain going to do about that? Here goes. You fool. Ah! <laughs> it works. It got the motors great. They picked up the little insect and then turned for me. Death rays churned up the water around my head. I died. It was time to use the Theron demagnetizer again. They dropped like stones. They were too busy trying to save the life of the Mekon and themselves to bother much about a lone bike dropping down towards me. Sonda, you old beauty! I grabbed the trailing edge of the bike and Sonda steered it ashore. Sonda, very well done, old chap. Now come on, my party, they'll be after us double quick, so into the spaceship, chop chop. Sonda said he could pilot the Telezero reflector ship. It was the Mekon's secret weapon against the Therons, and a major coup to capture one. Meanwhile, south of the flame belt, Hank and Pierre were itching for action. Mon Dieu, it is time we did something, Egg. We cannot just sit here. President Kalon, any news of Dan? Nothing. His submarine is still on the riverbed sending out transponder signals. No more. You got any spare fighters, Mr. President? I can spare none. Oh. None even to escort you all back to Earth. We have to try all our rays on the trees. They have nothing as protection against them. Mr. President, we have word that there is a Telezero reflector ship in the Treen fleet. It can deflect all our weapons. If they use that against us... Important screen 7, sir. Yes? A Telezero reflector ship is preparing to leave Macontas, We sir. have to destroy it at any cost. 
Meanwhile, we were battened down in the Telezero reflector ship on the launch gantry. The Mekon was throwing everything he could at us. Cable systems in go condition. Thank you, Sondar. Activator circuits. Release pads. All circuits holding. As fast as you can, Sondar. Scientific control is necessary at all times in launch mode. They cannot hurt us through the Telezero screen, Colonel. Absorbers off. Blue code number? Four red. What? Four man on the red paddle. What on earth? They're attacking the support. We have no time for checks. Button black code one on purple panel. Check. Fired. The Mekon continued to pour fire into the space station below us, killing thousands of his own people without a thought. We were happily riding into danger as Sondar boosted speed and shifted our trajectory. So the Tower Zero beam is powerful? Deadly. Its only weakness is that they need a platform in space from which to reflect it, as it only travels in straight lines. But the Telezero ship, that, gentlemen, is probably indestructible. We are in great danger. Somehow, we must blast it out of the sky. Fight us away, sir. Meanwhile, we began to prepare for the attack we knew would come from the trees. They, after all, had the Telezero weapons capable of doing the business. Battle stations, everyone. Best of luck. Do what you can, Sonda. I will. Here they come. Dream fighters dead astern. Dream fighters fighting their own people? Pull the other leg. Hey, hold on, though. Yeah, my friend, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Dan, right. Dan, Dan. Got to be, don't you see? They are fighting to stop their ship leaving, and who would take it? Dan, Dan. Come on, man. Come and get it. I'm running out of ammo. Just take one out for me, Sir Hubert. Hit in rear section. No leaks. Small panel ripped and buckled. No protection there from Telezero rays. Evasive turn to right. Look, there are planes. Different planes enclosing fast. What are they, Dan? The Armed Squadron 4 approaching target. You have to call them off, sir. For Pete's sake, call off your fighters. I'll do better than that. Control to Fighter Wave 1. President Kalon speaking. Orders cancelled. Reflector ship believed carrying Earthman Dare. Engage and take out train fighters. Orders received and understood. Great stuff, Prezi, old boy. I want to take a fighter. Go and bash a few noses. Come with me in the command ship. You beauties! devil waggling his wings at us. Keep your mind on the job, boy. The best sight I've seen in a long time. Go for them, Theron! Come on, you lord! Come on, you Theron's! Commander, assist crippled Telezero ship. We will take our occupants on board. Theron Fighter Wave 6, take out any stragglers and then act as rear guard. They're running! The trains are running! Fool. You should have kept a reserve. Get out of here and destroy yourself, Chancellor. Omicron, 
We have every power source channeled into building up the Tele-Zero power chain. We will blast them, their cities and their Earth friends to dust before it does them any good. Do it! Meanwhile, in the Theron Space Command vehicle... Where's the Daypon? He stayed in the Tele-Zero ship when we abandoned it. He took over the controls from Sonda. That is so. But he was wounded, badly wounded. Look, look on screen too. What is he doing? He's turning the reflector ship. He's realigning it. Oh, no, 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 he can't contact him. Make contact. All contact cut. He knows, as we do, that the Telezero ray comes from one source, and he is going to destroy it. But he, he'll, he's such a nice old buffer. Dapon pulled the reflector ship on course and threw the wrecked machine straight at the building housing the Telezero transmitters. It was great. Magnifique. I'll go to the foot of the it. The end of the Terra Zero for some time. And the end of a very gallant gentleman. Dapon's brave action meant that the Treens would be no threat for many years to come. We Theorons owe you a deep debt, Colonel Dare. We understand that planet Earth has grave problems. We agree to help feed the people of the Earth on one condition. You said nothing about conditions before, Mr. President. We will work on transporting food from southern Venus to Earth, providing there is a guarantee from the people of Earth that they will promise to take better care of the resources they have left. Time could run out again if they do not. And even our supplies are finite. We will need that promise. I think, Mr. President, that there will be no problem with that. Then please join in the Theron feast we have prepared for you. No vitamin pills, Digby, I promise you. Bayek, will you look at that spread, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, sir, an urgent message from control. Hmm. Gentlemen... I am sorry to say there is a problem. The Treens are reported to have sent a battle fleet on a heading 87 degrees by 52. Direction, Earth. The Treens' first warship and reconnaissance flight headed across space for Earth, while Theron experts struggled to get a ship ready to take us home. We were too late. Everyone wanted to believe the Treens. This is the English section of the World News, broadcasting to you on the BBC. The Venusians, who call themselves Treens... Reassuring messages recorded on Venus by the Ranger crew under Captain Dare have been brought by the Treens. The World President is speaking at, at this... At this historic moment, signing a treaty with our friends from Venus, in which they agree to ferry food and material to Earth as soon as they have set up a receiver station on the moon. And we are broadcasting for the first time the message from Spaceman First Class Digby. Hey, the trains are a grand lot. We are in an oxygen room in a fine hospital looking out over a beach. 
It reminds me of our hotel room on that holiday we had in Sunnymouth, Aunt Anastasia. Do you remember? What? In May, wasn't it? Eh? That's it. May Day Sunnymouth. What? Eee. It is like Sunnymouth here. Fiddlesticks. By heck. Phone. Give us the phone. Police. That message from Digby in space. Poppycock. I want a word with the chief. Young man, I can have you out of your job in a time to say knife. Now, jump to it, Sonny Jim, or else. He didn't know Aunt Anastasia, nor did the people at Space Fleet HQ. Who on earth? Aircraftman Digby's auntie. You the manager? I am Colonel O'Reilly, Supreme Commander. The message from my Albert was a fake, was a warning. The trains, or whoever they are, are deceiving you. Now, madam, I hardly think you can know. I brought Albert Fitzwilliam Digby up from the age of five. He was only once in Sunnymouth, in October, not May. And he hates the place like poison. Have a newspaper cutting, we'll tell you why. Here. Mistaken identity, Albert Fitzwilliam Digby of West Bank Wigan, released from custody, held for a week as... Man police have been searching for... Suspect in the Hammersmith murder. He was in prison, accused of murder all the time he was in Sunnymouth. Wrongfully. And not May either. All wrong. A warning of some sort. May? May Day, he said. May Day. May Day is the international call sign for emergency. Sunnymouth. Wrongfully imprisoned. You're right. I know I'm right. Albert Fitzwilliam Digby is no fool. He knew I'd sort it out. Get me the PM. And a detachment of the International SAS to be put on full alert. This is Dan Dare calling Earth. This is Dare calling Earth. Are you receiving me? Over. Oh, you stink. We'll just have to try and speed this old ship up somehow. No chance of that, sir. Dan Dare. That? This what? is Earth. Listen, what? The world president speaking. <laughs> we have just sir. eliminated the train menace. Eh? Thanks to you and your man, Dick. Hey! Congratulating on his warning. Thank you, Mr. President. Over and out. Digby, we have done it. Aye, good old Antistasia. And the theorems will help feed the Earth's great work. I think we might say mission accomplished, sir. Goodbye, Mekon. Hello, Earth. Oh, I know what I fancy, sir. I know too, Dick. Fish and chips and a nice long sleep. Final part of Dan Dare, Pilot of the Future, dramatized for radio by Nick McCarty. Nick Ford was Dan Dare, Terence Alexander, Sir Hubert, Donald G. Digby, Zela Clark, Professor Peabody, William Roberts, Hank, Sean Barrett, Pierre, and Richard Pierce, the Mekong. David Googe was Sondar, David King, Dapon, Brian Miller, Ertag. John Moffat, Kalon, Margaret Courtney, Aunt Anastasia. Other parts were played by Vincent Brimble, Tara Dominic, Andrew Downer, Elizabeth Mansfield, Dale Rapley, and Danny Schiller. The music was composed and played by Wilfredo Acosta. Technical presentation was by Wilfredo Acosta with Michael Etherton and Colin Guthrie.
Dan Dare was directed by Glyn Dearman. Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.